0: We're willing to take the, the courageous step of looking like an idiot or, <laughs> or changing the game, you know, and like you don't know until later. Last year, I, I reckon I was the busiest I've been, but almost the least effective. And, and the doubting was real on so many levels last year. We often think in business or in life, oh, I mean, if I just had money, if I just had money, in fact, park that if we just had people. People are awesome. And people change everything. Mm. So for me, the people closest to me are my greatest encouragers yeah. and challenges, And they will call me on stuff, but they will also encourage me. And so that is really, really important in this.
1: I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Today's guest is possibly one of the best speakers I've ever heard, and I'm so excited to have him on the show as we've been following each other's stories for a few years now. You've probably heard of the amazing Thank You, but in case you haven't, it's a trailblazing social enterprise that commits 100% of their profits to helping end global poverty, and Daniel Flynn is a co-founder and managing director. Starting the business as Thank You Water at just 19 years old with his now wife but then girlfriend Justine and best friend Jared, they revolutionised an already saturated industry allowing consumers to make a positive impact with their choices of bottled water, directing profits towards funding water projects in developing nations. Over 10 years later, they have 55 products in over 5,500 outlets including Coles and Woolworths after a spectacular campaign you'll hear more about and are about to enter a new chapter. Daniel has also written his own book to help fund the business, Chapter 1, with a revolutionary pay-what-you-want price tag, and it's printed in landscape as in on the side, so you read it upwards instead of across, exemplifying his defining tendency to ask, but what if it works, when others might not even ask the question? And what better timing to sit down with this amazing human to hear his story than at the beginning of their National Shower for Good Day campaign this week that you'll hear more about in the episode and you may have seen us posting about. If anyone has seen it, you might have seen our little golden retriever Paul getting ready to shower for good. But we'll hear more about that later in the show. So Daniel, thank you so much for having me in your beautiful office. This boardroom is incredible.
0: Hey, it's so good to have you here.
1: (laughs) I know that you have literally got about 24 hours in the country, so thank you so much. Even more great. For you making time.
0: No, no worries. It's actually, honestly, cool following your story. So we've followed for a long time, and when you reach out, I'm like, boom, we'd love to be part of it.
1: Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And I've yeah been around. with, thank you. I'm sure you guys have seen me posting for years. Yeah, it's not out of the blue. Yeah. i have. you know, <laughs> <You're legend. laughs> we've got it in the cafe. We've got the hand wash in the cafe. We use it at home. Yeah. We've been to the you know the gala a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's been so nice following what you guys are doing as well. So definitely want to go through that, that the first section is called Way TA, which is Mm. basically how you got to where you are today and all the stuff that people haven't usually heard of. But just to break the ice, I love to start every episode asking people what the most down to earth thing is about them. And that's usually because our digital personas are really out there. We do a lot of interviews and speaking. And even if you are sharing some of the relatable stuff, people might not have heard it. But also social media can create this really glossy exterior. So what's something that's really normal about you? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, or
1: daggy, or just like, what yeah, makes you down to earth? I don't,
0: oh, good question. I mean, <laughs> my grammar, grammar comes to mind. My, my spelling and grammar is so bad. Like, my mum's really? a teacher. And I apparently well, I have written a book and done some stuff. Where I th- I feel like at this point in my life, my grammar should be better. It is shocking. So like, um, I I you know you will know if you get an email from me because you're like yeah that doesn't that doesn't quite work. And and so we've had some really good editors help, uh, particularly spelling. Like I just I, I really mess up words.
1: No way! Yeah, you're so. so eloquent. I don't see you as like screwing up spelling at all.
0: Oh it's bad. And then my handwriting like is shocking. And that's like, <laughs> I want to open my book. I know it's a podcast, but like this is just no one can read it. And some days I can't read it. But oh, that's
1: amazing. Yeah, that's, I love that you have like a physical yeah. handwritten book. It's not all computers. Yeah,
0: and to be honest, I wish I did this more. So I, I started Thank You 10 years ago, always carrying a book and writing everything down. And then I went all digital because we use a Asana and a whole bunch of Slack and different yeah, tools. Yeah. So I kind of got, you know, more used to putting stuff onto my phone and notes. But where's it gone? Whereas I can look back over, thank you. And I've got like, you know, label number one. You know, like I read over it and it's got people's phone numbers and list to do, think of website name. You know, and like, dang, I wish I kept this. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm, trying to keep it. You're going back. I'm going to back. To analog. So that, I'm keep, yeah, analog, it's where it's at. People. Yeah. Um, I
1: actually still always, I have everything online, but then I carry around a diary like that that doesn't cool. have the date. Yeah. So it's just free writing. Like whenever cool. something comes in my brain, I'm like, and the, the stuff, the shit I write, like yeah. I go back sometimes and look at them. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm such an amateur.
0: And honestly, I, <laughs> I, I, I have lost one before and I'm like, oh no, someone has got like a whole global plan. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. I, they won't be able to read it, but if they but could, it's, it's all in there. That's you your know, inbuilt like protection. Chapter two, the title, I wrote it in there. Like, you know, so it's <laughs> yeah. out there somewhere. It's, it's going to
1: be printed on the diagonal. I know, I know, <laughs> right? That was a reference, in case you don't know, yeah. to the fact that chapter one, which is Daniel's amazing book, which we'll talk about but which you all have to read, is game-changing in every dimension, including that it's written in Landscape. So you flip each page upwards instead of across ways, which yeah. is just one demonstration of how game-changing and trailblazing you guys are, which is amazing. <laughs> thank you. And, and, and like the, the,
0: my favourite thing about that, and I, I actually think it's such a good, it, it almost sums up thank you in a sense of but like flipping the way things were done. Mm. It's what it's what, we are, what we stand for but it's not as hard as people think it is like like we I love someone asked they're like the book is genius it's written the wrong way and and the reason we did it was to cut through right so if you're on an airplane and you're reading a normal book that book's invisible even if it's like the best book in the world it's invisible but the this book chapter 1 will cut through cuz you'll look at someone going what what are you doing yeah. and so 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 this is a cut through thing and we want to make a reader feel uncomfortable which is technically not what you do when you create consumer product. Like it's about user experience. We're trying to disrupt you and make you feel something. And one guy's like, it's genius. And he's like, how did you do this? And literally my favorite line ever is, we hit rotate on the print file. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's it. Like that's how we did it. And like, thank you. And, And if we, as we unpack it, like we did simple stuff, but I suppose we approached it by going, just because it's never been done before or just because everyone including this publishing group or that person is saying, no, no, no. Like we're willing to take the the courageous step of looking like an idiot or (laughs) or changing the game. You know, and like you don't know until later. Yeah until until the podcast. So anyway.
1: I think that is one big message that I try and share with so many people is that if you're not willing to risk looking silly on the off chance that it will turn out to be an amazing idea, then you actually won't get anywhere. You have to be okay with the fact that it might not work because otherwise you won't try.
0: That's true.
1: So, Thank You did start actually when you were quite young. I think yeah. you guys were yeah. 19 yeah. and still yeah. at uni. Yeah. But I want to start your way to even before that. Yeah. So, young Daniel, were yeah. you cool at school? Were you oh, a bit man. nerdy? Did you man. know that you'd end up in business or did you... <laughs> ha- I think you thought you would end up in property development. Yeah, yeah. So, from a young age, how did that, everything leading up to Thank You go?
0: Great question. And look, apologies for all the truck noise in the background. I was just gonna say like, like, honestly. <laughs> so thank you. We have a really cool office that looks amazing, but our soundproofing is not good. So apologies to No,
1: the it's listeners. natural. I like that it's totally. natural habitat, yeah. you know, collin wheel, real, keep sounds. it real, to be
0: connected to the world. All right, so <laughs> I just met one of our new team members, um, Genevieve. I literally just met her five minutes before this podcast, and she tells me that her daughter goes to uh, my old primary school, Blackburn primary school. I'm like, no wow, oh. she's like, Yeah, they were saying that you went there. I'm like, Oh, I did. So I went to Blackburn Primary. I went to Dunvale Christian College. I'm like, I'm surprised they remember me. I was a bit of a challenge of a student, you know. And I was like, I was
1: in a rebellious way. uh, Yeah, like I I wasn't
0: bad, bad, um, but I was often in detention. I was, I was, I was kind of a boundary pusher. I, you know. That's the simplest way to put it. I push the boundaries all the time and that is hard. Like, I I actually feel sorry for a lot of my teachers because I was, (laughs) you know, I was very questioning, very boundary pushing and um, that got me in a bit of trouble. And like, I was not the cool kid at school, you know, and and I I just, I wasn't. I was awkward um, in many ways. Um, I often talk about how even in early days, high school, I had a really strong lisp. Did Um, you really? Yeah.
1: yeah, Can't hear it. At all? Have you had a speech?
0: Pathologist? Well, I have had a speech pathologist, and I take my hats off to those people in that profession because it is game changing. But I did two years of speech pathology in year uh, you eleven and twelve, and like I got I got paid out for it a lot when I was younger, you yeah. know. And and this thing, and it, and it, it kind of got to me, like it got in my head. Oh. So I was awkward. I I would push the boundaries. I was up for fun, mum tells me, and she's a teacher, and she, she's horrified by this, but she said that I came home in primary school and told her that my role, I felt, at school was to make sure other students enjoyed their schooling you know so like That's I was beautiful but yeah I would be a bit smart to teachers and talk back and yeah. just sort of get in trouble a lot so that was me but I was also fascinated by business all through school so yeah. in primary school I was selling gobstoppers when they were on <laughs> train um, yeah. this next one's bad but I sold pet yabbies so so yeah I know right? <laughs> it's like animal cruelty I feel wow. yeah, this is bad but like we'd catch them at the lake sell them in these boxes I feel terrible Um we did maybe you
1: were taking them to a better home though i mean you don't know thank you for the
0: (laughs) thank you for the optimism i'm just putting Um, a spin on it putting a marketing spin Um, and and (laughs) wash cars in high school i was you know trying to import mobile phones and sell them tried a bit of currency trading like i was just and and it wasn't to make money like it it, well it, it was and i was also just fascinated by business i was reading business books i loved property for some reason my grandfather was a builder and maybe that sort of started you know i grew up in you know my parents for a little window of time did a thing called amway and i'm not sure oh yeah yeah I'm not sure if you ever met an amway kid but i grew up in that for like my first i don't know till about age seven and that's like super positive thinking mm. super like dream big mm. you know and very business focused and i look at some of that as the influences that you know by by 18 and 19 i was like well by 18 i'm like i'm i'm property will be my focus and if I'm not a millionaire by 21 I'm a failure you know like I I absolutely will be and you know I I would have at 18 told you which BMW I was gonna have and like I was just I was very focused and driven and I suppose all of that comes out and thank you (laughs) but just flipped yeah not how I probably saw it yeah but um yeah that was kind of me as a kid
1: that's so cool I love that you were the lemonade stand boy like you knew even if you didn't know when you thought you actually start your career that you'd always looking back I think sometimes things make so much sense that you didn't realise at the time. So
0: true.
1: So you did start at RMIT thinking that you would go into property development. And then at nineteen the thank you dream Mm. sort of started off. Yeah. Now how did you go from I'm gonna be a millionaire by twenty one to I'm gonna start a social enterprise Mm -hmm. based on bottled water with my best friend and my girlfriend yeah yeah Um, (laughs) like it seems like quite a big jump it
0: it is a 180 degree shift you know it is a it is a real flip and and I I I honestly struggled with it on some level so on one level I loved it and and the thing about me that I've learned is when I see something I find it really hard to unsee it (laughs) you know like I just can't I can't And and it's a strength and maybe a weakness sometimes. Like maybe Justine, but just let it go. But like no, I know. (laughs) This is my idea. Actually, our son Jed, who's three, he's three. He's three, and he's ah, he's the he's he's the kid. I love him so much. But over this, we had two months off sabbatical, um, break, and talk about later maybe. But over over the break, he had these trucks, and he was trying to get them from A to B, and he had his toys piled on the truck and every time he moved the truck all the toys fell off it and he'd go he'd be angry ah dad help dad help I'd come over he wouldn't let me help my Jed, I'll help you. There's a better way. Don't pile them up like that. Like this is nuts. It's not going to work for twenty minutes. <laughs>
1: let me strategize this yeah. with you <laughs> for twenty minutes. He's like,
0: he's like, no, Dad. This is my idea. This is my idea, Dad. And I looked at him like, oh my goodness, you are me. <laughs> what oh, have no. I done? Yeah, but like, like that. That's me. Sometimes like, I lock onto an idea and I'm like, I can't let it go. And and I've had to learn how to adapt as we grow up mm. um, and, and, you know, and learn through failure. But I do look onto things. So I think um, when I saw the world water crisis and I have this moment that I so often reference where I'm sitting in front of my computer, tears streaming down my face because I'm meant to be looking at property and I'm looking at the world water crisis. Mm. And I'm someone who understands money and the fact that there is a lot of wealth in the world. And that then I'm looking at kids who don't have clean water. They're dying. They're losing brothers. They're losing sisters. S- the statistics were shocking. 900 million people not having clean water. You know, four and a half thousand children dying each day. And I just sat there deeply moved and, and t- tormented is a strong word. But, I, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like I know how much money there is. And I don't know everything about money, but I just know business is so... Real and people make so much money Mm. and yet this is going on and and, and particularly that comparison to consumerism, I'm kind of like, well, the answer's in front of us. Like we are spending billions on the dumbest stuff (laughs) and we've got this issue. And so that was, I suppose I saw it. And in my head in the early days, I thought I'd do both yeah property and this um what became thank you so i kind of thought i would do both and it was by year three at university i went well thank you's not actually working it's nowhere near where it needs to be and to get it there we're gonna have to go all in or drop it and i went all in and kind of the property thing drifted and and we got there so it was it wasn't an overnight now i'm it was a journey and it it hurt but it was a good process and i'm really grateful
1: I think any big worthy change is often pretty uncomfortable. But then you come out the other end and you're like, that was. It had to happen that way. Like yeah. huge change. Yeah. But I didn't actually realise that for the first three years. Was it called Thank You Water already it was by Thank then? You. Yeah. And you were still so for the first three years you thought it was a side hustle
0: kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I mean I'm I university was like the side hustle. You, yeah. you, like I barely got there. It's bad. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I I was enrolled at RMIT and, and I did get to a few classes but I was <laughs> a few. Yeah. So so it was it went from an idea to taking probably 60, 70, 80% of the time. And, and it kind of just, it drifted pretty quick. But um, I honestly thought it would be pretty easy to get off the ground yeah. and I thought it would fly. And then you could do a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And, and I've kind of learned kind of from my journey anyway, that focus is like the greatest secret ever yeah. And it's hard because you have to say no to a heap of stuff. But you can, I mean, I look at Thank You going, it would not be here today if I kept those other ventures and tried to kind of juggle them and... You know, even after a couple of years, it didn't work, so. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: did you end up finishing uni or did you, no, you just no. went straight, balls out, yeah. doing thank you water. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, not, are you, being so young and not having any experience in FMCG yeah. or production or anything like that, yeah. and with, you know, your best friend and your girlfriend, assuming yeah. they didn't have any experience yeah. either. How did you start? What, what were the nuts and bolts of actually figuring out, yes, we're going to do bottled water, yeah. which already exists, yeah, Coca-Cola, yeah, Amateur, yeah. all these big brands already do that. Yeah. How did you go from that to, you know, thank you as a social enterprise that commits 100% of profit to end global poverty. Yeah. But that, again, doesn't happen like that. Yeah. How did you start? What were the so, first steps?
0: So, I mean, initially it's, it was idea. So it was extreme consumerism extreme poverty and there's got to be a way to combine both from very early on i mean justine she loved that she'd grown up traveling to developing countries um, from the age of 12 so like her yeah her story is like whatever almost the opposite of me at, at, at um at school in a sense like she was well she was raising money to go on trips to help people in developing countries and she had locked onto that from like so young so she did witness poverty firsthand she loved marketing she loved people and culture she, she's like Daniel I love this this is like the dream to, to use business to help make a difference and like so she was in early jared like he he was up for anything from day one he's like bro i mean this is is amazing and he was really into finance and numbers and like literally the stuff i wasn't so they were kind of in but we did did some workshopping with some others as well you know in the early days and and some amazing people around what could this look like and there was a few crazy ideas talked about um (laughs) you know like vending machines or like, I was actually thinking the other day, shampoo randomly had popped up. But, like, there was just these, there was some great brainstorming sessions. But very quickly we went to, hang on, what if the behavior change we required of people was almost nothing? Like, what if we went to the already saturated bottled water market and gave a choice that's literally four centimeters away or or three centimeters away from the biggest brands in the world? Mm-hmm. You know, and so that, I think the simplicity of that we loved. Um, we initially thought, thank you, could be a million products and it would happen straight away we spent five years just trying to get water off the ground so <laughs> so so idea and reality is a process but we started by googling and that is not a just a throwaway line like we literally were like cool all right water okay um how big's the industry you know
1: <laughs> suppliers yeah, of water bottles literally bottled water
0: <laughs> suppliers brands case studies and it is amazing what a quick google can give you and and that was our starting point and then i am a big believer in meeting and picking up the phone so rather than building the huge plan over a year and then starting i kind of like the idea of building the plan on the go so you have a yep we want to start a bottled water company and we're going to give all the profits (laughs) like yeah i I didn't i didn't want to make a hypothetical kind of fat document i we just started meeting with factories and we're like hey how does it work you know it it was cool it was raw and I love that and I, and I still do that today Like people often don't know that because they're like oh this person's coming from thank you look at everything they've done and I'm sitting there and I'm listening more than they know to every word to to how their industry works or what they're thinking because I'm thinking how what, what does this look like for thank you mm. so like learning and listening I mean the, the whole journey is like a steep learning curve yeah and it is as steep today yeah and I mean like whatever the day is Wednesday like today like before your meeting this morning steep learning curve like and, and it still is and, and that is part of the great challenge and also what I love what I love about it
1: yeah I think that is maybe something that has been a resounding common theme for all the people who have started businesses is that we have a thirst for that learning curve and that's yeah. almost why you leave a corporate structure or you don't go into it at all yeah. because you yeah. can't get that as much that like I'm just going to be out of my comfort zone all yeah. the time, yeah. which is yeah. amazing because yeah. you're growing all the time. Nothing is ever the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine at the start though, did you get a lot of pushback for you guys being so young yeah. and did your naivety help you in that? Because you were just like, I'm just going to ask. Yeah. I'm not going to do it the traditional way.
0: Yeah, so, so yes and yes. So we did get pushback. Um, You know, lack of experience, funding, age, but our inquisitiveness and, I mean, naivety is a great word. I mean, we would just ask for things that you shouldn't ask for. We still do today. Mm. That's sort of how, uh, like, in my mind, the only way forward, you know, and and the book, flipping a book is, (laughs) I I mean, the pushback to flipping the book is, well, that's a gimmick. Um, and, And a question was once asked, so, like, why would you risk such a good story yeah. on a gimmick? Um, millions of books have written kind of the other way.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and, and my question to that was, well, why? Why are millions of books written the other way? Mm-hmm. And that person couldn't answer. Mm-hmm. Well, they said, well, there'd be, there'd be a reason. <laughs>
1: there would be, but, but be I, don't, be I can't tell you. <laughs> and like, I
0: wonder in life how many things we do could be summed up by well but there would be a reason. You know, like the and and like uh, there's this nature in, in me and I hope in us as an organization to always ask that question why and and, and to wonder what if what if mm-hmm. there's another way? And what if we could? You know, I know I know we can't, but let's just pretend <laughs> what if we could. Yeah. Um, you know, what if and, 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 and I'm asking those questions today. Yeah. Like like everything I'm saying, <laughs> I'm reminding myself, like Daniel keep that we have to keep it and we've lost it at times and, and, and that hasn't been good
1: yeah so now you have over 55 products. It went yep. from Thank You Water, it's now called Thank You. You have yep. done that huge blow-up expansion. You're in over 5,500 outlets, which yep. is just incredible. And have just entered the New Zealand market yep. as well. So yep. huge, huge growth. Yep. And I think people do look at that and go, ooh, and it seems like an overnight success, but you're yep. 10 years deep and yep. like <laughs> yep. um, huge transitions. And one of the big turning points, I would guess is a turning point, is getting into the majors. Yep. And that was through an incredibly game-changing amazing campaign which to me kind of summarizes the whole essence of you guys and what you do and how you do things differently and how you're bold and you're not scared to just do do big crazy things. So can you tell us how firstly what the scale-up process was from this you know uni kids doing a project to being even in a position to pitch to the majors and then tell us about that amazing campaign.
0: Okay so look I mean the short the short version here is we have an idea, we Google, and then we found some support. It's like we found a factory who's like, yeah, cool. I mean, if you can find someone who'll buy it, yeah, I could. I suppose I could make it for you. And, and we were able to kind of hack our way into the industry. We found a distributor who committed – actually, that was awesome – on the spot. So he loved Whoa. it. He, he On the spot, goes, I want 50,000 bottles. So that was awesome. That was like – that was crazy. But, but those who know our story know that it wasn't smooth, so – it was a, a cool launch up until the moment where product hit the market and then we found there was a labeling issue and Ooh. we had to recall product um, from three states and, and it was in Australia and it was a shocking false start. Uh, we built up to 350 customers over the following 12 months. So a year in and then we lost 90% of them because <gasps> our factory didn't supply product. Um, we had two retailers looking at our idea and then they both said no and they both came out with their own bottle of water went to oh. funding water projects. And then we, we met with one of the supermarkets, the majors. And he's initially like, he's like, you're dreaming. Like, it's a tough gig, guys. Yeah. You've got no idea how hard it is. 12 months later, he says, congratulations. You're in national range every store. So, like, we were persistent. We were like, you know, we've got a factory. So, we found a factory big enough to be able to produce. We, You know, we believed in our concept. He says yes. Three weeks later, he, he moves on in his role. And the new person retracts the offer. Oh, no. So, it's like... Our startup journey, I feel like, you know, I was at uni, first three years, it's not working. And, and our kind of early tipping point that really led to the Coles and Woolworths campaign was a little campaign we ran called the 7-Eleven campaign, where we uploaded a video and we said, hey everyone, we're meeting with 7-Eleven two weeks from today, jump onto their Facebook wall, upload a post, say if they're in, if, if they'd stock thank you water that you'd buy it. And it was the first time we really pushed the boundaries. So prior to that, we were ambitious and we'd ask questions you maybe shouldn't ask. This is the first time we went very public mm. and, 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 and there was some pushback like, guys, you, like, you, th- you can't do this. And all of a sudden in an industry, FMCG, which we didn't know a whole lot about, we were now pushing the boundaries and 7-Eleven ended up saying yes, product hit the shelf and it hit the market. And that was our first taste of, oh, the power of people. Yeah, The power of people. We often think, in business or in life, oh, I mean, if I just had money, if I just had money, in fact, park that if we just had people. People are awesome and people change everything. And, and so I, I think we learned that. And then the Coles and Woolworths campaign took us two years to build from that moment. And over the two years from year three to five, we built a food range and a body care range. So we, we, we always loved. thank you being more than water. So we developed the product, and then we launched this video on YouTube and Facebook, and we said that, you know, for five years the two biggest supermarkets have, you know, they've said no, but that's okay because two weeks from today we booked a meeting with both of them, and right now I'm in the video. Right now we're launching the, the <laughs> Coles and Woolworths campaign, and I still remember like the, the like even branding those two in the same campaign, like you know, one of in an interview I did. A, I think it was on radio, the guy's like, you know, you, you, can't, you can't put the two biggest supermarkets who hate each other in the same sentence. And I answer awkwardly that, oh, um, Wesley, our graphic designer, he didn't find it too hard. <laughs> he and just put them he's, together. He's put them together. And
1: <laughs> like, what a good answer. It's a thank you. But, like, it,
0: it is, that's, that's, thank you. Like, you, you, you can't do this stuff until maybe one day you, you just do. Yeah. And and we we saw humans, people, amazing people, upload posts of them singing or dancing and rapping, getting creative, showing their support onto the Facebook pages of Coles and Woolies. And then we flew helicopters, um, <laughs> one in Melbourne, one in Sydney. Um, over the headquarters, right? Yeah, over the headquarters. So for, for half an hour, we're circling with these huge signs that said, like, dear Coles, thank you for changing the world. You know, in brackets, if you say yes. And so we are circling and that came from a meeting where we're brainstorming as a team how do we get this off social into the real world and someone's like we need a sign out the front of the head office and then it's someone so else cheeky yeah and then someone else was like well no that'll get like security would kick you off I'm like yeah cool okay and then someone's like what about a helicopter and I, I, I don't know, I think it was Justine who's like yeah that's, that's amazing and it was so impractical like, yeah,
1: and like super expensive.
0: <laughs> super ex- It actually turns out the whole thing cost $50,000 to do the helicopters. Now, we didn't pay that. We had two helicopter pilots donate their time. Someone Amazing. donated the signs. Someone donated the fuel. It was just actually, no, I think we paid for the fuel. The fuel was the only bit we paid for. And it was just this epic, like humans coming together, yeah. going, let's change and challenge the system. And that's thank you at its core, and it worked. I mean, five hours after the meeting at Coles and three hours after Woolworths, we were in. That's
1: incredible. And, it, and, and, and they're like, you're
0: in. And so it, it broke.
1: The well, internet.
0: Broke the internet. It broke, <laughs> it broke the rules. I mean, the industry, this, this still hasn't happened. A, a product decision from, like, first meeting to decision within hours, it's unprecedented to this day. And then a month later, we hit the shelf, and most people are thinking it's hype. You know, I wonder even if the supermarkets thought it might be Facebook hype, and, but it worked. And so now today, as you mentioned, there's 55 products. We've got some market-leading hand washers ranked to number one and two and, and a personal care business, which is just huge. And thank you is getting big, but it's also as simple as people coming together, mm. using what's in their hand. And I love that thought that often we look at what's in our hand and we think it's not enough. Like at 19, I'm like, I don't have enough I don't have money I don't have experience but I had time that's what I had you know Peter and Jeff had a helicopter Um, (laughs) you know what I mean like and and, and John he had a factory and like everyone has different stuff in their hand and, and I just I think thank you as a collective of people using what's in their hand to make a difference and I encourage people like don't just look at what you've got and think because it's not enough therefore I can't I just think embrace what you've got even if it feels like almost nothing Mm. but like take that Mm. little you have find some other people you know and and build from there so
1: that's an amazing message I'm like so inspired now I'm gonna fly helicopters over
0: everywhere (laughs)
1: and sprinkle matcha into the air so your personal profile along the way has also grown Um, You're an incredible speaker, which is why it surprises me so much that you had a lisp when you were young. But, Mm. yeah, one of the best speakers I've ever seen. Uh, You've written your best-selling book, Chapter One, which is the rotated book. Yeah. Have won some really, really cool awards along the way. 2014 Victoria Young Australia of the Year. And Chapter One, another huge thing, which I don't think we mentioned earlier, is that not only was it printed on its side... Yeah. It was a pay-what-you-want price tag, which, again, is like what the actual, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, as a retailer, yeah, you get it, yeah.
0: Um, and that was, a, that was a really important moment for us. The book solved the problem. So one of our great challenges with this idea of 100% of our profit going to aid and development projects is having money to do crazy growth stuff. So we budget for expenses in, in growing our business and kind of, um, you know day to day but to do new stuff like a new country or launch a whole new category Like, where do you get the money and usually you go um, well I'll just use my profit or I'll talk to an investor mm. and both of those things are off the table for us of so course. yeah so we don't have investors we have no equity partners even as founders we don't own thank you we, we um, you know our charitable trust owns thank you and so we yeah it was a problem but, the, but again the answer we thought was humans people and we, we wrote a book to the people saying, hey, guys, here, here's chapter one. And the book is called it uh, Chapter One and 100% of the profit from Chapter One will fund Chapter Two, the future. Buy the book, fund the future. And that was the premise and pay what you want uh, was both to disrupt but also because books don't make much money yeah. anymore. so it didn't matter anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it didn't matter. And I think that the best-selling book in Australia is 5,000 copies. would be lucky to make about 50 grand profit. We know to launch new countries, new products, you need a lot of money. And initially we'd, we wanted to raise, and I think you were at the launch, we wanted to raise $1.2 million. Mm. Um, And I think I even remember, honestly, sharing at that dinner. We had about 900 people in the room sit down. And I still remember saying, oh, we're launching a book. And I could feel <laughs> the heaviness in the room like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what you do? Oh, is that all you do? What? I'm like, just pay what you want. I could still feel the heaviness. But by the end of the presentation, I felt like people got it. And we raised that night $360,000 in book sales. And then in the next month, $1.4, not 1. $1.2, 1. $1.4. And right now it's at two point five. dollars 5 But we'll, oh. we'll get ten to $20,000 some weeks still coming in from Chapter 1. That is so it, Like we're three years on and it's in the top 50 still at airports. And I'm like, it continues to do two things. Bring money in. Um, and, and open doors. Like books, man, they, it's opened some of the craziest doors around the world. Um, I found myself sitting in people's lounge rooms going, like, like, okay, one of my all-time heroes, and in fact, thank you, we love Seth Gooden. He's one of the greatest marketers on the yeah. planet. Very disruptive. Uh, he's written 19 best-selling books, but, oh. but, but two of them for me that really shaped me, and, and thank you, one is called The Purple Cow, and the other would be tribes. So if you're listening, they're, they're, those two are, are some of my favourite.
1: Yeah, I'll pop them in the show notes. But,
0: but man, Seth bought Chapter 1, <gasps> Week 3 of the launch. Whoa. And, and what, what he doesn't know is we sat back as a team going, okay, what if we did a campaign to get Seth Gooden to buy a book? So we we talked about do we set up a website like Seth Goodenbyth? like we had all these ideas and they were actually a little bit disruptive but I was hoping <laughs> it, I was hoping it his attention and then someone who knows him who knows us said you know what I don't think your plan is a good one like it, it might put him off so we parked that months before launch then when launch happens he buys it organically he did it anyway and he, he picks us up in his tesla in in and we sat in his lounge room in in new york and he's like for an hour and a half for like brainstorming the future of thank you i'm like <laughs> what is this <laughs> what is happening um, <laughs> that's you know, insane so chapter one uh, i mean that's a moment jane is a lady a lady paid fifty thousand dollars for one copy that that is the most paid uh, we we've had ten thousand about three months ago, oh. seven and a half, five, heap of one thousands.
1: I'm going to pretend that they want me. <laughs> I think I paid a hundred bucks um, that night, but you know it was you're co- a legend. But it was so cool watching cool. everyone respond to you on that night and writing amounts that like we would never pay that for a book. I know, but it was it's crazy. But they're buying into you and yeah. what you're doing yeah. and the vision, and it was amazing because you did on the launch kind of feel the skepticism of like what do you mean people are just going to take it off the shelves and pay yeah. fifty cents, yeah. but yeah. Instead, everyone's response was pay more yeah, because yeah. that's their way yeah, of yeah. supporting you.
0: Yeah. And, and look, some people have paid 50 cents. We've had a heap of f- – <laughs> we've, we've literally had a heap of five cents. Like <gasps> Shut heaps, up. Like heaps, heaps. Online, we've got their names, their number. Oh, my <laughs> God,
1: as if you would own up to that. Let, let's
0: put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some addresses. Name and shame. Um, but no, like <laughs> – but, but people tested it and I'm, I'm cool with that. Like if, if we did our job right, you pay five cents for that book by the time you finish reading – I'm hoping you're going, Ooh, I'm going to buy another copy for each of my friends yeah. at 20 bucks. You know, yeah. so we, we, you know,
1: that's amazing. I mean, even logistically in my brain, knowing like distribution and retail, like trying to measure for stores, how to buy with a non-permanent price tag. Oh my God. Like just amazing that you don't see that as a challenge. You're like, I'm still going to do it anyway. I yeah. love it. I yeah. love that. I mean,
0: it does create a lot of work <laughs> and, 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 and this is the thing, like the idea is simple. You know, I, great quote that i think is in the book but i read it on janine ellis's wall when i was sitting yeah i was sitting in her uh waiting room once to get some advice from her and on the wall janine and jeff it says um an idea isn't worth much its value is found in its execution that's such a good one. Yeah, And like, it, it's true. Like you can have an idea, pay what you want, but man, has that caused... The execution has been a lot of work for a lot of people and they've done an amazing job and we've delivered it. But I think often... Particularly for myself, I underestimate the execution of everything. Every yeah. launch we've ever done, I'm like, that'll be six months. And two years later, we, like, just scraped through, yeah. you know, but... um.
1: So you're the ideas guy that the whole uh, the rest of the team have to do, with the you know, roll out yeah, the idea, you're yeah. like, Daniel!
0: Yeah, <laughs> a, a little bit. I mean, today the cool thing is about thank you, and this is what I'm loving about thank you and our team. As we've grown, we have so many ideas people across the business too. So, yeah, I, I, I tend to have a few ideas just as i um, um jazz has them too but we have so many team members now who are dreaming up campaigns that we literally watch for the first time when they pop up
1: that's amazing like i saw jesse
0: in the car this morning as we're driving in um, we've just flown in from new zealand she's looking on instagram at a campaign that's just launched and the team have done a great job and we're watching it and like, oh that's cool hey so we've got people who are like amazing and they're gifted and they're doing great work and that that's cool. That's that must really cool. That feel so surreal. Yeah, it's it, it's it's both weird and awesome.
1: Beautiful people, as promised, I thought I'd tell you a bit about National Shower for Good Day. As you know, Thank You commits 100% of its profits to helping end global poverty and all body wash products help get water and sanitation to people in need. So Thank You are encouraging you all to shower for good by buying a bottle of their botanically scented body wash, which is heavenly, using it for a delightful shower experience and then sharing some love hashtagging shower for good. Today, yes, today, as you're listening to this episode, is National Shower for Good Day and every day with thank you. So pick up a bottle of thank you body wash from Coles, Woolworths or Chemist Warehouse and help do some good while smelling great. You can even track your impact with the unique tracker ID on each bottle, which is so cool. And the body washes themselves are so beautiful, my favourite being the sweet orange and almond. Plus, they're free from SLS, SLES, EDTA and parabens and are made with love in Australia from ingredients derived from nature. I'll pop a link for more info in the show notes and highly recommend you check it out. Let's all shower for good. So, what is your role now, day to day? Now yeah. that obviously the business just podcast. So like yeah. I'm just like you know, I'm looking for more podcast gigs. Yeah. Um, all right, anyone out there? Yeah, help. Um, I can connect you with this yeah, PA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're
0: not paid, but you know, I enjoy it. <laughs> I, 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 I my, my role, we we've been at tension, if I'm honest. Uh, thank you for, I reckon, a decade, and it's a tension between um, pioneering, and sustaining, you know, good category growth in business. Like, mm. like, um, there's this word I love, blue sky. Um, and the definition of blue sky is... Um, oh, okay, it's just slipped my mind. There's a storm coming in right now as I look out the window. <laughs> but you like, oh, I've lost visit, my blue sky. There's <laughs> a storm in my mind. <laughs> but essentially, it's... It, blue sky thinking is to, to dream and to dream big without kind of the... Um, Restraints of reality you know and and so people go have a blue sky idea At thank you we've had them and we've pioneered so chapter one coles and woolworths like these mo- 7-eleven these moments in time wow but there's a great tension here between pulling that off and that in itself is a discipline that in itself is a focus and it takes all of you mm. And then also sustaining a really good FMCG business against the biggest FMCG companies in the world who've spent a decade or a hundred years doing it. Yeah. Wow. And so they like, keep their profits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so that that's been the tension. So we've been historically really good at launching stuff and really, if I'm honest, average at sustaining growth. You know, like not new growth, but kind of categories we enter and yeah. and so we've gone on this journey over the last two years it's been really important and painful to go hang on there's got to be another way right now in in thank you we've we've actually split teams so we've got two teams um one team that is focused on the core and and 70 of our business today is our personal care range mm-hmm. so so not the water um not other products but you know, health and beauty and personal care. So their focus, we've got 50 people here focus on that. And that in itself means dreaming up amazing creative. And it means having blue sky ideas, but within the context of FMCG and product and innovation. So we've got a whole part of thank you focus on that. And then we have a, a really small team that is currently working on a couple of pioneer projects. And Justine and myself, we are, we are running that team. Okay. Um, and and the team name is uh, you know it's it, there's there's a lot under of embargo the, yeah totally <laughs> but but um, we we are working on something that has been I mean ten years of kind of dreaming of imagine if we could and now we're working on this thing that is challenging us it's really applying everything we've learned in 10 years but we now have the focus to do it so we're, we're off the grid in a sense mm. from the day to day and we're so grateful to this amazing team we've got probably some of our most experienced team we've ever had running the core of what we do and we're out working on kind of the next thing and, and I, I, one day we'll share it and I can't wait for it but we are also trying to solve in this this tension between the whole business kind of running to a pioneering project but then really, really nailing sustainable growth in markets, in categories. And, um, you know, one project I can briefly touch on is water. You know, bottled water is the dumbest product on the planet and it's where we started 10 years ago and it's a tiny percent of what we do today. But we've been talking for a long time about that needs to change and so often that project kept getting kind of sidelined or kept getting delayed because we had to focus on the core yeah so we've got some really cool ideas and and uh and and we're working on them but then it would get kind of delayed delayed and so now we're going hey what if we flipped how we worked Mm. and 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 so now projects like that water project and a couple other little something somethings (laughs) are, are getting are getting built with full focus yeah and um you know for me i mean it's it's actually probably been like right now is the most exciting time for for me. He's always said, um, whatever you say yes to, you are saying no to something.
1: That's the next section, which is called NATA, which is basically all the challenges and little things along the way that get in the way of your joy and fulfilment. So I think one of them probably is that you've had such explosive and amazing growth that then you've had these focus challenges, which is, you know, an amazing problem to have that you're having success in too many areas, but you do have to refine. So... Tell us about when you guys closed the food range. Yeah. So yeah. that I can yeah. imagine yeah. was quite a, yeah. a, a big piece of your baby to let go of yeah. and a big nay in the yeah. sense of like, yeah. it's, it's hurts to have to let go of something that is yeah. amazing. The products were amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it did hurt. It hurts. It, it's like, thank you. We always envisioned moving forwards and 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 forwards being linear, you know like not yeah. backwards, not yeah. like how is backwards growth and and we went on a kind of a deep dive and and the food decision was um basically looking going, man, we've got this food business which was doing okay um and and like I mean we were silver status at worse so silver's like wow it's not it's not gold,
1: it's not bronze, it's not bronze." <laughs>
0: But but if I've learned one thing in, in a decade, it's that if you are not doing remarkable things, it, it it's a distraction. It's a distraction, yeah. it, it hurts, it costs you money, it costs you time. Like you've got to, you have to be remarkable and to do less, but be remarkable at it. And that, that was one of the filters. Also we're fighting competition in the food front uh, what are we trying to reinvent? Body care is like this incredibly booming business that wasn't getting the focus. It's mm. so like we looked at how much time and resources going into the best parts of thank you. And it was almost nil compared to the trouble parts of thank you. And we just entered the baby category, toughest fight of our life. Really, 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 really challenging. Mm. Like unbelievable, the hardest thing we've attempted. And, mm. and we're trying to launch New Zealand and that kept getting delayed. And so we had to sit back and go. Well, oh, hang on a second. We have overextended. We're spread too thin. And when we're, we're gonna, we're not going to be here tomorrow unless we make some tough calls today. And so pulling out of food to focus on personal care and baby was some of those calls, um, restructuring and all that came into it as well. Um, we titled this period at "Thank You Better Before Bigger."
1: I, I actually wrote that down. I think it's such a good one because it's so tempting to just get yeah. carried away when you're having you know just say 60% success yeah. it's like well that's still good or 70% yeah. you're like yeah, yeah but we're not going to close that down yeah. but you, i don't think people factor in opportunity costs no. of things like yeah. that it's like yeah. do the small things well yeah. before you go and i'm so bad at that i get tempted to be yeah. like wee big things yeah yeah um but it's true it can be a big distraction it can sink you if you don't make good decisions
0: yeah. and and you know one of our board members um our, our, our chairman craig you know and he challenged me for so long on this daniel opportunity cost what are you doing i am like, craig no, no no i'm not giving up oh, well, no no we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there and and that is a strength but it's also a blind spot for me because yeah. at some point you you like you don't know what you're sacrificing and we yeah. were delaying new zealand um by years, and it ended up being a two year delay in New Zealand. Credit to food, credit to um, our baby launch, and a few other things within thank you. And, and so, I think it's a if I look at the next 10 years of thank you versus the last 10 years, it's that understanding of man, we, we need whatever we do, we have to do it at, at that level of remarkable mm. or not turn up. Like, yeah. we, we've, we've got to go all in, deliver something remarkable, and we have to fail fast. Everyone talks about it. And I like the idea of failing fast, but I'm also pretty determined. And so I'm like, oh, no, nah, we'll get there. So, so, yeah, anyway.
1: A big theme in this podcast is self-doubt. And yeah. I imagine that when you are making such big, huge decisions, and very publicly now that you're so well-known yeah. and that people expect excellence from you. Yeah. Do you ever doubt your own decisions and has that been a part of your journey, you know, when you're about to do something really kind of risky or yeah. against the grain, which you're doing all the time, do you get racked by self-doubt?
0: Yes, um, in short, yes. Yeah. So I, I mean, end of last year, last year I, I reckon I was the busiest I've been, but almost the least effective and, and the doubting was real on so many levels last year. Mm. And it wasn't. It was not a great space. I took two months. off, have had a sabbatical. Came back, f- refreshed. Like t- I did two months and no email, no work. I'd wow. switched off by day two. I, I I nearly physically crashed. Like my last week before leave, it, like everyone didn't know this. Justine did, but like I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. I I scared myself. I was like, oh no, you've gone too far. Like I told the team. I said, hey everyone, um, you know when you stretch a rubber band and it goes <laughs> so far and then it, and then it snaps? I said, I reckon. My snap date was December eighth and and that's my last day. So I I'd planned it a couple of months out and went, that's my last day. Yeah. And and I reckon I was I reckon nearly I should have called it December second. You know, like that's what it felt like in that last week. I am struggling out of bed. I'm thinking, man, oh no, I've I've really hurt my, I've I've hurt myself here, like what have I done? Um the two months off couldn't have come better. And it it became this amazing time, read some really, really important books for me and got some thinking that just transformed me. And then I came back into this year ready to go. Like you have no idea how ready I am to go and also how I want to do things different in this decade to the last. But there's still things like right now we're working on an idea and a strategy that is so, and I'm not saying this for hype, but it's so impossible. But it might, it will work, but that's my, but, but there are moments where I'm like, oh, Jazz, I don't know. Like, how, like is it going to, you know, and, and like, and, and the reason I say jazz, like, that's just a, a, we're talking literally two nights ago, like, as we're going to bed. And, and there's this in me going, I don't know, I don't know. And yeah. I'm about to speak at a conference in America Um, that's really, really, really high profile. It's in two weeks' time. It's a 13 minute talk. Wow. Yeah, that's really.
1: That's concise.
0: Very tough, to be honest. They're some of the hardest is the short ones. And it's in a room of, um, CMOs, so it's three hundred global CMOs. So, like, all of the biggest brands in the world are in the room, and they have a combined marketing spend of one hundred and fifty billion. Sure, you know, like sure. Yeah. So, like, like, so they're uh, like
1: me. Yeah. So they're like
0: <laughs> you, and thank you. combined. Yeah. if we combine the <laughs> if two we combine us, our yeah. marketing
1: spend, totally, we'd get it.
0: And so I'm like, and I know I can speak, and you've very kindly said that you think I can speak, but I'm I, there are moments of they've asked me to be the opening keynote speaker. What, wow, that's a huge honor. It also comes with that element of pressure because there's this, hey, you're going to open and the founder's like, you're going to set the scene and I just know it. It's going to be like the theme of the whole event and I'm like, okay, great. But there's this pressure. And so there are moments where I doubt, but uh, that's human nature. Um, I think though, um, I love this idea of, of faith, of but what if it could work and, and self-belief, but it comes from not just inwards, that's important, but those around you. Mm. So for me, the people closest to me, are my greatest encouragers and challenges. And they will call me on stuff, but they will also encourage me. And so that is really, really important in this.
1: Yeah. So actually, speaking of the people who are closest to you as well, like just being your business partner and wife and mother to your child. Yeah. And Jared has recently exited the business. He has. How has the boundaries between working with people you love and having personal relationships with them and all that kind of evolution, particularly over a decade. I mean, Nick and I are the same, but we've only done it for four years and we didn't have a best friend added to the mix as well. How has that been a challenge for you?
0: Yeah, look, it is. um, It's been been the best of times and the worst of times, you know, like it, it makes it the best thing ever and also the hardest thing ever. You know and 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 i wouldn't wish it any other way i wouldn't want to wind back the clock and change it like i i love it but there are some times where it's really hard um but i think what when i look at justin and myself like we the fact that we get to go on this journey together the fact that we get each other you know like we are <laughs> you know we We're driving in, we're literally in New Zealand at the moment, right? We're driving a Nissan Tita, like one hubcap's missing, (laughs) Jed's in the back. Like we're 10 years in, we're pioneering. We're like, we're just, I'm not sure why I referenced the car, but it's like we're in like epic startup mode, right? For this sort of future thing. And and, and I looked at her and I'm like, I'm just so glad we get each other. Yeah. Because if you didn't understand where we're heading, and why we're doing what we're doing, you could very easily complain and be like, "What the heck is this?" Yeah, but we get it, and so that's really cool. And there are some moments where, like, it meant if you disagree on something and you see it completely different, and then you go home and you're like, "Oh, you're, you're the person I disagree with," and now we're at home together. <laughs> you're you know? still here. Yeah, yeah. Awkward. So like this, but but. But I, I wouldn't want it any other way, and there's a great strength in it. Um, you know, in the journey with Jared, you know, I, I, I miss him. You yeah. know, I do. He's made the right call for him. I, I, I believe it. Um, and in, he looked at 10 years and go, this has been an amazing chapter. Yeah. Most people yeah. don't even make it to three.
1: Oh, yeah, 10 so, is a huge chapter. It's a decade, change. and for him
0: he's got a next chapter, and, and I'm really, really excited for him and Jason and, and, and their girls in the journey for them. And, and I do miss him, but I, I, I love that you can have um you can you can scale the highest mountains yeah and in and sometimes in the most dangerous circumstances but when you look to your left and your right you got people there who believe in you love you like love is a soft word but it's a very strong thing yeah and i think love is is a just a oh man i couldn't i couldn't do this without having that you know around me
1: yeah it's so and it's so lovely and and rare I think and unique that you do have it in work and in your personal life and speaking of that kind of um, that boundary between personal and, and work yeah. that leads us to the last section which is called play TA and yeah. I love this because this is the bit where you find out who people are outside of work yeah. and particularly when you work with your family or your yeah. partner that's a really hard line to draw yeah. and when you are so driven and you yeah. own the business it's even harder so yeah. what do you, I'm, I am conscious of your time I know you're so busy man
0: I'm good I'm good okay good okay Okay, cool we're good just keep going
1: (laughs) Uh, i have so many things to ask you i could talk to you forever but um what what is there an identity of daniel outside of work how do you maintain those boundaries is there anything you do that is just for play like i find i got into a phase where my reading and podcasts and relaxation was still business books i was always learning and i was never resting and that's you talked about a sabbatical that's when you don't have fresh ideas and creativity yeah. and perspective what do you do to just unwind
0: yeah so look there's a couple of things we've built in um and and you know one of our anchors i would say every week so every week we have a day off now to give context to this we aim to have a weekend but often with travel or events we can end up you know at, at stuff but the, the the rule is every single week there is a 24-hour period often on a sunday sometimes a saturday we do not use the t word which is thank you, you know, unless we're thanking someone. <laughs> yeah, I was um, like, wow, that's rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like we, we are, we, like there is no emails, there is no calls. That's amazing. Um, they can't, like, we, we, and this has become like, oh my, this is the best thing ever for us. So it, it, it protects that time. That is family time. That is sacred. That is very protected. And like if the most amazing opportunity in the world came up on that day, um, we, we either say no to it, if we said yes, that 24 hours moves to Monday. Yeah, you, you don't to cancel Sunday. it ever. It no, does it cancel and it can't be banked. It can't be like, oh, we'll take a week off. So so that has given us a rhythm every week. Um, and then in our personal life we have, in the past we did things like um, we used to drive into work together. So we'd talk about work on the way home and when we got to the garage and the door shut, then we had to stop. Yeah. So we could talk as husbands and wife about work Um you know but but there's a difference between talking about work as a couple versus getting into operations, and that would happen yeah so so that's what we did but you know we haven't always got the balance right um Justine had um you know some some health challenges um early last year and she ended up having what was going to be three months off ended up having nearly a year off and I've also worked myself to like the end end of last year so like i'm saying this to say we are learning We're on a journey um but justine kind of got a head start on me in this whole (laughs) idea of rest yeah and working out of rest so i i I mean i i read this book a guy went through burnout and um he ended up in hospital like he was a wreck and i was like oh and he was 50 and i'm like man i'm so lucky to be reading this at 30 not in hospital and not at that point that he's at, but he opens up and he talked about, he said 85% of what you do in, in business as a leader or in an organization. Um, and he, was, he ran an organization. Um, anyway, he was like, 85% of what you do, someone else could do. Most leaders never want to admit to that because everything they do is important because they're so amazing. They're
1: indispensable. Yeah. yeah. They're,
0: no, no, no. 85% someone else can do. 10%, someone highly trained, highly skilled can do, which leaves 5%. And it is this 5% that only you can do. And he proposes that's what you're on the planet for, the 5%. And so I'm thinking, okay, so I'm starting to go through my 5%. I'm thinking, yeah, I I know what it is. And then he starts talking about his. He talks about his relationship with his wife, his kids, his health, his sleep. He's like, no one can sleep for you. You are literally Uh the only person on the planet who can sleep for you. And now I'm like, oh, no. So as he's unwrapping this, <laughs> and he basically makes the point that once you do these things well, these relationships, there's not a lot of time left. But so often what we do in business is we end up sacrificing those things for busyness, for everything, for everyone else. And he's like, you've got to protect that. And then he talked about for him when it came to the work thing, it was leadership, not uh, management. And he had a few things. And so I've written my 5%. I've over my time off gone, I, I cannot run around, and my, my greatest trap, which he talked about as well, was living up to other people's expectations.
1: Oh, totally. So
0: I have tried, and it has nearly broken me to meet everyone's expectations, and what happens over time is, you're trying to meet team, board, business partners, external, um, people at this event, or that event, or on this social channel. So you're trying to meet everyone's expectation. Over time, it wrecks you, it tires you out, so then your decisions aren't as good, mm. your responses aren't as good, and people start going, oh, I don't know. Dan's like, oh, yeah, going kind to of drop in a bit. Yeah. And that's not great. So then you work even harder, and it's like this downward spiral. In his case, he ends up in hospital, and he's like all those same people that I was trying to meet the expectations of, and now, like, you should look looked after yourself better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's like, so funny. So, <laughs>
0: so for Jazz and I, we are at this point of going, we, we cannot do the last 10 years again. Yeah. like it was amazing we're grateful we've learnt from them and there's so much good to take into the next 10 but we need to focus in and what's the 5% we can do mm. um, so uh, you know I'm not committing to stuff like I'm saying no to so much stuff mm. this year like to give you a window it's March I'd usually probably have 50 maybe 80 talks booked by now last year I probably did 150 Whoa. I've got four. <gasps> Um, the, actually, no, sneaky five. There's a sneaky <laughs> five. Yeah, okay. There's a sneaky five. Um, <laughs> but, but still,
1: I mean, that doesn't even compare. But I'm getting, I'm getting
0: hit up every minute and I'm just saying no. Yeah. My diary is clearer than it's ever been, but it's not empty. I've got really important work to do. And if I don't do it, thank you, doesn't get to where it needs to go. And yeah. so I'm, I'm saying no to so much. And it's so strange because I know I'm letting people down in the short term. But long term, I've got a responsibility here and thank you and what I do to deliver. And then beyond thank you, me, Daniel Flynn, like I am a dad and I want to have a relationship with my kids that isn't just photo based or like I, I want to know them. I want to spend time like two months with Jed every day. Oh, best thing on the planet. Like, like we loved it. And, and he'd wake up. All right? So we'd wake up and, uh, and he's like, Dad, are you going to work today? Oh no oh thanks dad and he'd come and give me a hug we'd repeat that for like That's so many days. days he's like oh thanks dad and, and we just loved it and, and I think you know I, I want to work different and, and, and it doesn't mean I won't work as hard it's just different work and yeah. it's also the boundaries and the boundary setting my, one of my great mentors is he's always said um, whatever you say yes to you are saying no to something
1: that's so funny. I do a quote of the day every day. That was my quote yesterday.
0: Come on. I mean, you weren't the mentor, but you can. Now yeah, do that I was mentor. about to say everyone. That was yeah. me.
1: Yeah. But
0: that. So that is it. So we never realize that we're saying no to our partner or yeah. no to our health or like. And so in my diary, like I've got you know date night Friday night is in my diary, and I've written date night. Deleted on risk. But if <laughs> if like if I don't know if Nick called me is like bro, you got to come to this thing. Let's go hang out. I'd be like. Um, Okay, let me just <laughs> let me just go and say no to my wife. Like, yeah. you know, like it's a conscious thing. Yeah. If the diary, if it didn't have that in there, you wouldn't think. Oh, twice. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Yeah. Cool. 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 I'll just move date night. But like. So, and, and date night for us is just an example of, hey, here's another anchor we're trying to build in yeah. that is, is regular and we're not perfect. We're, but, you know,
1: it's like a psychological tripwire of like, yeah. you have to double guess your decisions. Am I doing the right thing for yeah. the things that I need to do? I do that too. It's all yeah. in my calendar with the same color and importance as a meeting.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I love that.
1: Well, otherwise you don't treat it that way. So it's true. too dispensable. Yeah. Um, so when you guys do have a date night or you yeah. are at home with Jed, what are some of the things that Daniel, not at thank you, does? Do you, Are you a TV watcher? Do you exercise? Do you cook? And I know you guys, your faith is really important yeah, to you yeah, guys. Yeah. Who is yeah. non-thank you Daniel? Okay,
0: so there's who I am and then there's who I want to be. Okay, <laughs> and so and there's who, aspirational yeah, Daniel. So aspirational <laughs> Daniel wants to do exercise every day and be super fit. I really... Like it's bad. I got to get there. So right. So that that is one of my aspirations. I love snowboarding, but again, I only Amazing. get I only get there a couple of times a year. Yeah. And I want to take up kite surfing, and I've done one lesson Ooh. and I loved it. So I kind of want a summer winter outlet. Yep. They are a little bit hard to do. So, yeah. But again, that's part of kind of where I'm heading. At where, where I am today. I mean, family time, is pretty simple. It's time together we will just being together is amazing we'll go out and like in new zealand we're living near the beach so we're often on the beach justine like grew up on beaches so she's loving that so family time is kind of pretty raw playing with toys building lego Um, we go we go out um play centers um jed loves that i think today or no yesterday justine and him went to like a wrecking room where like he can just wreck everything that's amazing so 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 i need a yeah yeah exactly but it so so that's family time um date night i mean we're you know we're out for dinners, movies. Netflix is cool like yes. like every now and then there's a, there's a you know that that's cool I uh, like think it when
1: really successful people watch Netflix I'm like yeah, yeah okay cool I give myself permission to watch yeah. Netflix yeah. <laughs> but only
0: docos no I'm kidding uh, yeah, okay, I was okay. like only
1: business documentaries yeah totally um, but
0: like and, and, and there is a guilt around that for me on, on yeah. it, it is hard like I I, I do often feel like alright if I'm going to watch something it needs to be educational or you know and, and or if I'm going to read it it needs to build me and thank you and so there is that and part of that's healthy and part of it's unhealthy yeah is a bit of undoing that, and then faith for us is a really kind of another anchor. If mm-hmm. we look at the the Flins and even us as an anchor, it is big, and so we are living in New Zealand at the moment. Jazz and I and Jed, we go to a local um, church which we're loving, and and we go there on the weekend, and there's a great community. And for me, it's it's like a it's it's just like a leveler. It's it's beautiful. All these people come together, and you sing, and if you <laughs> brought your friend who had no understanding of kind of the whole faith journey, they'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but like it, 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 in a sense, it is, it is so beautiful. And we, for us, it's been a very personal thing mm-hmm. over thank you. But I look at it as one of the grounding things. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, some of these disciplines of like creating space and the whole idea of, you know, of prayer or right now what's on trend everywhere is meditation and, you know, create space. Like for us, we've, we've had already that done for, it. For, for, for a decade and yeah. beyond that. And that's been really, really foundational for us. So, um, you know, and service, you know, so serving others—that is, that is, thank you. But really, that was in in us, probably from a faith perspective. It's like there was always, even growing up, I grew up with this. This understanding that your life is not for yourself; it's for others, yeah. and you need to be thinking about how am I helping others. And uh, one of my all-time favorite movie quotes would be uh, Gladiator, um, violent <laughs> movie, but Russell Crowe in his you know voice, he's like, um, which I'm not going to do, but he says, um, "What we do in this life will echo in eternity." I don't even remember that, but wow. I love that line, and I hear it, and there's a part of me that's like, I think that what we do today it has got more to do with tomorrow than we realize. And so I love that applied to everything It's like, hey, is what I'm doing today gonna to echo beyond today? Or is it just gonna to be today? I hate that kind of, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to more and more think about others, the future and, and that, that is in part, you know, um, comes from our faith and, 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 and stuff. But yeah, I mean, our family is not perfect. But um, no, no. but we <laughs>
1: you guys are pretty close though. <laughs>
0: well, rather, what's that saying? Um, we don't have it all together, but together we have it all. Like oh, it, it feels that's like that's
1: amazing. That. Well, actually, my last question is what's your favorite motivational quote? So that's a nice segue.
0: Yeah, I, I like that, and that there's something even in that for thank you. You know, yeah. we don't have it all together. I was at a conference the other day, and this guy, um, he got up and he's like, I'm so sorry, we don't have an app, it's, it's only an online. Um, web app because we couldn't afford an app and then he introduced me with some ridiculous intro with like every award or everything <laughs> yeah. I've ever done. And so I'm the like, intro I'm going
1: to do for you, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like Ugh. and I get up
0: there, I'm like hey everyone, we'll start by saying we don't have an app either for tracking track. <laughs> we couldn't afford it either we've got a web app. Yeah. Like like together, like, like we don't have it all together, thank you. Together as a team and with all those connected, I feel like yeah we do have it all. Yeah. So um, that's, that's I love quote. that quote and, and probably my other favourite quote which became the literally um, linchpin to the whole New Zealand launch. So we launched all of New Zealand based on this one quote, that a small group of determined people can change the course of history. And we tested that by gathering 300 people only in New Zealand, and we said to them, New Zealand, we, we are gonna take a big bet. We're not gonna launch, thank you, New Zealand, but we're gonna ask you, New Zealand, to launch, thank you. And we gave them a baton, we made 300 batons we put thank you on it and we put our story in it and we gave it to 300 people we'd met. So school kids, media people, social media crew. But we, we gave it to them and we literally said, you're a small group of people. This Friday's launch day, do whatever the heck feels right to you. That's
1: awesome and what let's, an amazing and let's idea. get this off the
0: ground and we saw what was 300 people spark social media blowing up on the friday stores selling out multiple times over that weekend it was insane and then within our first few months we we're outselling our direct premium competitors on, on a whole bunch of our lines and they came from like a small group of determined people. So that is thank you. Um, You know, that's who we are. And um,
1: that's amazing.
0: Thank you for being part of the small group as well.
1: Oh, thank you for having me as part of it. (laughs) It's an honour. And the second last question, which I always ask that I forgot to ask, is the three things that never come up in these interviews about you. But if we're time pressed, you can just give me one.
0: Oh, three things that never come up. Um,
1: If you have three, otherwise just one is cool.
0: Look, I I think the notion of So so the the glamour of uh, maybe Instagram or conferences or books or microphones or podcasts is you can sit, and I know exactly the feeling, you can sit on the other side in your room reading it or listening to it going, how the heck do I get there? Mm. Um, Like I'm not just saying this to make you feel good. I still sit there looking at where we need to get to and I go, how the heck do we get there? Mm. yes we've got some experience and we've made some mistakes we've learned from them but i still have that feeling and same to, to that point some days i have that feeling of like oh man i can't do this yeah. I, can't do it. I feel like did you ever feel like giving up i'm like do i tell them it was yesterday or is, that, is yeah. that too raw like is that too real so so like there is and, and i share that because um you know this is moment and maybe we end on this because it for me, in, in 10 years, this is a standout moment. Yeah. I, I had the incredible honor of being interviewed by, by President Obama. Um, Shut up. Yeah, 44th President of America. He chose three young people from around the world. I found out the day before. The <gasps> day before. I did not know that. Okay, so okay, I'm at a conference in America. Oh my God. I'm at... We're, yeah, we've got to finish for your sake. But we're Yeah, at oh, it, we're no, <laughs> both of us. So excited. Can't so we're, leave this out. We had a conference in America and I wasn't speaking. So I was just oh. attending. And it was the Obama Summit, right? So it was the <laughs> launch of their um, – or relaunch of their foundation. And apparently 20,000 people applied to go to sit in the room, but they picked 500. And I didn't, I didn't apply, so I – I think I was the token Aussie, but I got in the room and I'm like, cool. I don't know anyone here. I'm going to sit in the room. Everyone's like, are you going to get a selfie with Obama? I'm like, I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) I'll try. He actually
0: opened by saying, uh, Michelle and I got up. They're like, Michelle and I have one rule, no selfies. Everyone's like, oh. Anyway, so I'm in the queue for registration and these two girls came up to me and they're like, are you Daniel Flynn? I was like, yes. They said, okay, you didn't get back to our email. I'm oh like, okay, what what happened? Look, well, t- tomorrow morning, President Obama's asked if he could interview you on the live stream. Are you up for it? Oh, my God. Oh, my I, God. I, li- I literally said, can you he so, asked can, for yeah, you yeah, no, no. I said can you repeat that and they're like oh and they're like there was a selection process there was a short listing and then he picked from that and loves your story oh, oh. so the next morning right there's three of us from around the world and what we are it? nervous as anything and if you want the picture like we so yeah the, give me the big, picture I'll, big, big, I'll put it in the show notes <laughs> big, big, big big room big room and, 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 and then secret service came in and locked down the room so they're Shut doing like bro, it was like America like it, well, it was America so America so America, <laughs> America. and so so, so So they come in and there's about 20 of them locking down the room. And I'm thinking, this is hectic. Anyway, then one of them counts down. He's like 100 feet, 70 feet, 50 feet. And my heart is like out of my chest. He counts down and then then opens a door. And then in comes like another 10 people, secret service. And in comes... President Obama. And he was like, and I'm like, oh, God. And he, he's walking towards yeah. us. So he, he he obviously was brief, but he's like, he knew our names. He's like, how yeah, you yeah. doing? And I'm like, oh, good. Um, to him. So I hope you're not feeling nervous for the interview. And he's like, <laughs> he's like I'm not nervous. I'm like, <laughs> that joke Did like,
1: not go down well.
0: <laughs> and, and so we talk, and, and the interview goes for 25 minutes. So he, Whoa. so like he's interviewing us for 25 minutes. I'm like, I don't even know, like, is this – when does he do this? Like, yeah, and, and, yeah. So, and, he, and he didn't use notes. He's the most down to earth. Like he's larger than life and yet he made us within about two mm-hmm. seconds feel so comfortable. He kind of briefed us. He's like, guys, this will be really straightforward. I mean, uh, I'm just going to ask you about your story and share naturally. I'm like, who are you? He did the whole thing without <laughs> he's notes. He's an alien. Yeah, he, and, 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 and in such a raw... Way and, and yet, at the end of the interview, and he asked, he's like, Daniel, so when's this coming to more countries? Like, markets are global now. I'm like, oh, President Obama, we're about to launch in New Zealand. You know, we'll get back to you after that. Yeah, and, and you can so, be
1: our US ambassador. Yeah, 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 interested. <laughs> I actually, I gave him
0: a pack afterwards. Oh, of that's sweet. I snuck it past Secret Service, but I gave him a pack. <laughs> and I'm like, this is for you. And, and he opens it up and had some hand wash and the book. And he's like, oh, great, Michelle and the girls, we wash our hands, so this will be great. We <laughs> Look, what a legend. I'm, you wash your hands. And, Good on and, you. And, but he said one thing when the camera finished at the interview. So we do a 25-minute interview and the camera goes off and he just turned to the three of us. And I'll never forget this. He just looked at us and he said, hey, guys, um, the work you're doing is not easy, but it's important. Keep going. And it stuck with me because you could be sitting in your room right now going, you don't understand how hard it is for me. I, no, I, I do and I don't. But like there's someone who's like done a lot of change and led a lot of stuff who's going, hey, the work you're doing isn't easy, but it's important so and it is So it. keep going. And so, so really that is that is kind of the message for me. is like, hey, keep going um, and do important work, you know, and just because it's not easy doesn't mean it can't be done.
1: Well, you are doing an incredible job at that and it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining and I do believe we will have Jazz on the show to tell her side of the story at some stage. So that'll be fun. That
0: is fun.
1: But yeah, thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you and in your life and with Chapter One and yeah, can't wait to share this. Cool. Oh, Daniel never ceases to inspire me and make me want to do more good in the world. I hope you found this episode as moving as I did and are inspired to get some thank you goodies and shower for good. As always, show notes are up now so you can find out more about thank you and what they're up to. And please keep those amazing screenshots coming. They bring so much yay to myself and our guests. To keep spreading the yay, please share your thoughts tagging Daniel and I. There's Spoonful of Sarah and CZA now. And if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, hit that button now. Hope you're having an amazing day and a seizing your yay.